This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder, the latest developments and advances in dermatitis with veterinary dermatologist, Dr. Andrew Hillier. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles some of the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And for me, one of the toughest topics in general veterinary practice has to do with itchy dogs and cats. Dermatitis can sometimes be the bane of our days. It can wreck our schedules and keep our clients up at night. And this week, we have got one of the most esteemed experts in dermatology on the planet. And I can't wait to introduce you. But first, as always, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. I'm Dr. Cindy Courtney. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And guys, today we are so fortunate to be not only sponsored by Zoetis, but we have got one of the preeminent dermatologists in the entire world. And he comes to us originally from South Africa, where he went to the University of Pretoria, which is in Understeport, which we'll let Dr. Hillier explain how to say that more properly. He then went into the military, where he actually was a veterinarian in primary care practice for over eight years in South Africa. So he does military for a couple of years, then he practices just like most of us in a general practice for eight years. And then he decides, you know what? I wanna know more about dermatology. So he rushes up to the University of Florida in sunny, sunny Gainesville, and he becomes board certified in dermatology. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Dr. Andrew Hillier. Thanks for being with us. Hey Ernie, how you doing? Great to be here. I can't wait to talk about allergies and itchy dogs. My favorite topic, of course. <laughs> well, my favorite topic is uh, pronunciation. How do you say understeport? You did a very good job, you know. <laughs> I think you've been practicing. It, it, it comes across honestaport, but you, oh, you, you, you go. really got it. <laughs> well, Dr. Hillier, uh, today you know we want to talk about the latest developments in treating dermatitis. And I, I think I want to start out because we're recording this in the winter here in North America, but you made a really good point in the pre-call that it's allergy season somewhere all the time. Can you expand on that for our audience? Yeah, Ernie, you know, I was just thinking about my time in Florida and it, it, it's always allergy season there. You know, ragweed season probably is late January to late December, which is, you know, 11 and a half months, okay? Now, yeah. so, and, and, and of course, you know, you know what the number one cause of allergic dermatitis is? Um, and for dogs with atopy is house dust mites. So they're around the whole time because dogs are indoors and we have house dust mites and their allergens indoors. And the other one, and maybe actually for the southern states could be the number one cause, is fleas. And fleas just don't go away. They love indoors. They, you know, the, the numbers of fleas that, that can live in carpets is quite frightening. And so dogs being indoors, now it doesn't matter that it's the middle of winter and it might be cold outside. If you're flea allergic and you get bitten by fleas, you're gonna have allergic dermatitis throughout the year. So yeah, you know, certainly there's some dogs that have strongly seasonal disease, but honestly, um, many of them, it's year round disease. Well, you know, Dr. Hillier, uh, leading into some developments around veterinary dermatology, I was just uh, in Europe, and one of the, the, the lectures that I attended discussed the influence of climate change and global warming on not only just pathogens and, and zoonotic diseases and infectious diseases, but they also talked about things like allergic disease. Do you, would you like to comment on that at all? Well, you know, I think that probably relates, Ernie, to at least in part the hygiene hypothesis. And, you know, as climates have changed and 
as we have domesticated animals and as humans have become more urban, so we get less exposure to environmental allergens and environmental infectious diseases and parasites, ecto, ex, um, ectoparasites and internal parasites. And as we lead these kind of closeted lives, right, where we're very protected, we wash our hands and we bathe our dogs frequently and everything, they just don't have that exposure to all of those things. And so, you know, that actually predisposes the immune system to developing allergies. That's why allergic dermatitis is on the rise in dogs. And that's why things like hay fever and asthma are on the rise in humans. And I think that is, you know, it's, it, it, it is related to climate change. Um, so th there are some really interesting things. This is a complex disease. Unfortunately, though, it's, it's translated to veterinarians seeing more and more itchy dogs, right? Right. Well, in case you've missed some of our other dermatological podcasts, definitely go back and check them out. But I do want to ask you to give a quick refresher, if you will, on sort of your approach to diagnosing the puritic pet. Sure. Um, and, and there's a lot to it. But you know, at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, it comes down to two things. If you have a dog with itch as a veterinarian, and it's obviously become a recurrent problem. This is not the first time, but it's the second or subsequent time. There are really two things that you need to focus on. To me, the priority, whenever that owner is there in front of you right now and saying, my dog's itchy again, doc, the priority is to look them in the eye and say, you, I get it. I understand your dog's uncomfortable and you don't like seeing your dog that way. And I'm going to stop your dog's itch because that's what they want to hear. So let them know that you understand where they're at. Tell them you're going to treat the itch, make the dog comfortable. You know what that does, Ernie? It gives them a little peace of mind, okay? And if you give them peace of mind and that you kind of show that you you get it, you understand what's happening, they're going to have some confidence and a little bit of trust in what you have to say. And then that allows us to go to the next step, which is, you know what, Mr. Jones or Mrs. Jones, we really need to find out why your dog has this itch that keeps coming back, right? Both of us want to know that. So the diagnostic workup is really, it's quite simple. We're going to rule out parasites. We'll treat any infections that might be present. There's a possibility we might need to do a food trial, but if at the end of the day, your dog's still itchy, then it's got a disease that we call atopic dermatitis. And we're really in a great place now in veterinary medicine because there's several treatments that we have available that allow us to customize treatments for atopic dermatitis according to the specific owner and the specific dog's needs. So it's a very high level kind of as simple as that, parasites, infection, food food trials and, and get to atopic dermatitis. But Ernie, I just want to end off on, on you know, this overview with, with a comment that what's really important is to show them the value. So once you've told them that, say, and wouldn't it be really terrific if we found that we could find a curable disease, like some of these mites, like scabies, or a disease that we can control quite readily. For example, fleas or, or a food trial. We just have to change your dog's diet and you're not gonna come rushing in here every two to three months, going from one itch crisis to the next. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? And most people kind of do get excited by that because they, they're tired of you know this recurring roller coaster of up and down and struggling. So if we show them the value, then they're more likely to kind of buy into it, especially when they know their dog's going to be comfortable. 
Well, Becky, you've heard the veterinary perspective here. You know how Cindy and I feel about it, and now Dr. Hillier. But let's face it, you're the one who has to deal with this recurrent emotional roller coaster. So what kind of question would you like to ask our expert today on dealing with the ups and downs? You, I mean, you nail that right on the head there because it is so emotional. It becomes such a frustrating point for clients and you know, a lot of times we're not that patient in getting that diagnosis. And so um, I always am interested in hearing, you know, when you talk about the different ways we go through um, the options that we have in looking at the various reasons that our dogs and cats are coming in periodic, where do you start and how do you break that down? And, and we're always worried about being resourceful because our clients need us to be. Yeah, you know, Becky, that's a great point. And it really relates to find the treatable, okay? You know, at the end of the day, I, I'm not sure I want to get to a diagnosis of atopic dermatitis. I'd love every single patient to have a parasitic infestation. You know, with all the isoxazolines we have around these days, and we can really control parasites pretty well, right? Ernie, I mean, you treat enough dogs and the parasitic diseases, be it demodex, scabies, fleas, if people are just compliant with administering their monthly isoxazoline, then you know what, we're gonna have great parasite control. So I'm always looking for the treatable. And that's why, remember what I said, I roll out first of all, are there any parasites? Could this be right. caused by something with, with legs? And we and that's pretty easy to do. Secondly, you know, even though there's some of these drug resistant infections that get a lot of press, at the end of the day, the vast majority of dogs with infections, be it a staph infection or a yeast infection, actually, those are quite readily controlled and, and I can resolve those. So I look for the treatable and, and, and then I see, do we still have an issue? And I might have to work up further from there. Yeah, one of the things I find is, is so interesting in practice and I'm curious to pick your brain and how you talk to clients about this is, you know, sometimes I think owners perceive the problem is very simple. Like, oh, my pet is just itching or my pet must have an infection. Just give me some pills, give me a shot and we're gonna be done, right? So how right. do you um, address that bigger conversation with them? Whether it's, okay, yeah, I know you're not seeing fleas on your pet, but your pet can still have fleas. Um, I know right. that you don't want this to keep coming back, but we may have an underlying issue like atopic dermatitis. So what are your best tips and tricks for kind of discussing that with owners? Yeah, you know, um, what I like to try and get to here is that um, the question about how is this affecting you? How do you feel about your dog being itchy? How do you feel about coming back here? How does it? How do you think your dog feels? I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, and I'm, and I'm very openly. How does this make you feel? Um, you know, right. what? Where would you like to be? How would you like to resolve this? I want to understand the emotions around it. And if I can do that in a, without being aggressive, just very openly. So that I can get to the, the sort of pain point for the owner, say, well, if we don't want that to happen, and I don't, you don't want to feel guilty, and you don't want to feel frustrated, and you don't want to feel disillusioned and disappointed like you, you're telling me is the case, we can get around that by really understanding why this is happening in the first place. And if we can do that, this result might be quite simple. Okay, for example, uh, monthly flea control or a change of the diet without going from one infection to the next, next or one ear issue to the next one. That's kind of, I think that gets people on my side. Yeah, and I, it th I think just to summarize what you've said um, is that you focus more on the emotional piece of it, not necessarily inundating them with facts or data, but kind of connecting with them where they are emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. It's the connection. And, and I want them to know that, that I get it. I, 
I, I have an itchy dog. I have two itchy golden retrievers myself. I know what it's like. It's really tough. And I want them to know that I'm aware of that and I have them and their dog's best interests at heart. That's really critical. Then we'll get into the medicine, okay? Okay, well, I do want to get into the medicine because, you know, today veterinary medicine has more treatment options than ever before, certainly in my 30 years of, of practice. So how do you go about choosing, like, what is the best treatment? What's the appropriate treatment? Like, what's your little, you know, algorithm look like that you're using in the clinic? Well, Ernie, like I said to you, um, first things first, my priority is to make the dog comfortable. And there are a bunch of veterinarians who, who actually feel that's so important, okay? So the people understand that they'll give, they'll, they love Apical, of course, because it's really effective, it works rapidly, and it doesn't have the side effects that we get so often with short-term use of steroids. Well, you know, hang on right there, because I think, I think sometimes our colleagues don't quite understand what a drug like Epicol really is or what Cytopoint is. I mean, these are revolutionary products. So maybe just give us a little bit of backgrounder on like, what, what is Apical? What is yeah. Cytopoint? Sure. You know, and, and do you know that Apical has been around five years now, um, which is incredible to me. It, it just really seems is. Like the, yeah, it seems like the other day. But you know, before them, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a step back here. Before them, it was tough being a veterinarian and seeing a dog with allergic itch, right? Because it right. was a trade-off. It was a trade-off between, well, I know steroids work, but we've got to deal with all those messy side effects. Or I can use antihistamines, don't safe, work. not causing a problem, but they don't work, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, that was a really bad place to be. And so that's the wonderful part about where we are now. We have Apical daily tablet, which effectively rapidly reduces itch without all those side effects. Or, you know, if, if giving the tablet and pulling your dog is really difficult, and by day three, it's not gonna happen. Hey, there's an alternative now. It's an injection that provides relief for four to eight weeks. And that's what Cytopoint is. So, you know, we've moved beyond, you know, 20th century medicine of steroids and antihistamines. We're now in the 21st century with a JAK inhibitor, that's Apical, and with a monoclonal antibody, that's Cytopoint. And it's just phenomenal where we are now that we can, we can do what we wanna do, provide relief but we're not burdening the dog and the owner with, with all the other issues that go, especially with steroids, right? Right, but go ahead, because I guess, again, here's a lot of confusion. I mean, explain what makes Apoquil and Cytopoint different than corticosteroids or antihistamines. I mean, I think that a lot of people have confusion about, are we blocking the arachidonic you know, acid cascade? I mean, what, what, what are they doing? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put this in a fairly simple way. Steroids are effective, and is, no one can argue with that, okay? We, we all kind of like them because we, we knew they would probably be effective. But you know what they are? I, they, they like I, what I used to call the neutron bomb. Every aspect of inflammation and the immune system, whether it was involved in allergy, whether it was skin or any other organ system, you affected it with steroids. Now we have targeted and specific treatments that address only the aspects of the immune system that are affected by allergic dermatitis, for example, okay? And so wouldn't we want that, don't we? Don't we? Why would I target the lungs or the brain or, or the kidneys, you know, with steroids, which, hey, let's face it, that's what happens. We have right. behavior side effects. We have PUPD side effects because of issues with steroids. Why do I want that if I can just specifically affect the deficiencies and the immune dysregulation that's causing allergic dermatitis. And that's what Apical and that's what Cytopoint do. So that's the real huge advantage here. So steroids work, 
but of course, it's the side effects. They're not the, just because they work, that doesn't mean Apical and steroids right. are equivalent. The side effects tip the balance in the favor of Apical because we don't have to have that long story to the owner. Now, this is what you might have to be concerned about and watch. And you're going to have to change your lifestyle for a few days or a couple of weeks whilst you're on the steroids. Never a pleasant conversation. It's awkward. We don't want to have that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always say to my clients in, in those cases where we're suppressing the immune system or, you know, we need, we're needing to use those medications. I say the, these drugs do some magic, but that magic comes at a price. Right. So, um, and, and of course in clinical practice, there are certain times where I'm reaching for Apoquil. We were lucky enough to be one of the clinics that, that had it in those early days where, where supply was limited. And it was amazing how many folks were referring clients to us specifically to get access to this revolutionary new medication. Um, and, and there are times I reach for Cytopoint. And sometimes the, the choice is very clear. Like I had a puppy a couple months ago who was very itchy and we talked about steroids versus using something like, you know, Cytopoint. And, you know, it was a large dog. I think it was a St. Bernard puppy. And I was like, you know, we, we, as much as we try not to, I think sometimes we assume what clients will and won't want to do, but the owner was so excited to make sure she did what was safest for her pet, uh, what was best for her pet. And so they were more than happy to to get a Cytopoint injection for, for their big puppy. But for those who are struggling to know when to pick you know, one of these medications versus the other, uh, how would you give them guidance? And I know some of the label changes may open up opportunities for people that um, maybe have narrowed their choices in the past. Yes, indeed. So you, it, I'll start with just your last observation there, right? Which is the label change. And it's just so everybody's fully aware because I know many people have heard this, but I don't think everybody has really understood what's happened. So back in September, the USDA expanded the label indication for Cytopoint from not just being able to treat against atopic dermatitis, but to actually include allergic dermatitis as well. And what that means, right, is this is anything from flea allergy to food allergy to contact allergy and including still atopic dermatitis, as well as, you know, that big bucket of cases that you have that is, I don't know allergy, <laughs> right, okay, right? right. And, and only you laugh because I also have those. And it is, <laughs> you know, as a dermatologist, I love to say, oh, well, there's flea allergic dogs and there's food allergic dogs. You know what? There are a big group of them where it's undetermined cause. And you've got to find something to, to manage those patients as well as the known allergies. So, mm -hmm. Uh, point is now for all of those. So your question is, which one do you choose? Because now in that diagnostic workup, we've prioritized making that dog comfortable during the course of say an eight week food trial or four weeks with a flea control, whatever. You know, now we can use not only Apical, but Cytopoint as well. And I, I wanna share with you guys that I still think that the go-to that we'd wanna lean on would be Apical if at all possible. And I'll tell you why because it's got a real short half-life, right? And what that means is that I can actually turn on or turn off itch control really precisely over a matter of a day or two so that I can determine whether something else that I was doing, for example, I think I've got a dog that's flea allergic. I'm gonna put the dog on two to three weeks with Evapical and of course, I'm starting it on a parasiticidal agent. In two to three weeks time, the dog's real comfortable, but is that just the apical or do I now have flea control? How do I find that out? I stop the apical. You know, and if there's still the fleas around, the dog's going to develop its itch 
probably 24 to 48 hours after stopping the Apoquil. So I can tell real quickly, you know, have we got the fleet control or has the food trial that we are on, is that starting to work yet? Very quickly when I stop Apoquil. That's not the case necessarily with Cider Point, right? That's such an interesting point, and I appreciate that because I didn't really um, necessarily understand how quickly you would be able to turn that on and off. And I think that's really essential. And, you know, in a field where I feel like we struggle with treatment without that exact diagnosis, I think it gives us a little bit of wiggle room to help put our finger on the pulse of, of what's really causing the problems. But I just knowing our listeners and most veterinary professionals in general just are really fascinated to know kind of how you guys came to that. So can you talk a little bit to the research that has kind of helped support these new indications because that expanded label is really pretty exciting and I know we've probably got a lot of listeners who want to know a whole lot more about that. Sure, absolutely, um, Becky. That It really comes from this. For about 10 years now, Zoetis has had a, a very robust um, scientific research program around allergic dermatitis. And that's what led, first of all, to Apical and, and then to Cytopoint. And the, probably the key finding out of that program, amongst many, was that there is a very special little protein called interleukin-31 that we have demonstrated is a major inducer of itch in dogs that have allergy, okay? So it's the cytokine, it's a protein that allergic dogs produce in abundance that causes them to itch. And so um, we've demonstrated that, and, and USDA said to us, okay, we, we know that. If you can show that by administering Cytopoint, you can neutralize that protein and stop it, we'll give you the label claim for allergic dermatitis and not just atopic dermatitis. So in fact, you know, we did a, a study in laboratory dogs. In other words, dogs that didn't have allergy. But when you inject laboratory dogs, a normal dog with interleukin-31, we have it, okay? And when you inject them, they actually have itch. So what we did was we pre-treated these dogs with Cytopoint, then injected them with interleukin-31, and what we showed was they didn't get itch as they normally would have. So we demonstrated that Cytopoint can neutralize that protein that causes itch, and, and we had reduced itch in those dogs from day one all the through, all the way through to day 28, right? And based on that, USDA said, yeah, you've demonstrated that Cytopoint is effective at reducing interleukin-31-induced itch. Here's your label claim. And since then, uh, if, I can con if I can just add on, there's actually been a study that was published about two months ago. It was an independent study, nothing to do with Soetis whatsoever. It was conducted by Colorado State University. And they actually did a retrospective of 135 dogs with a variety of allergies, not just atopy, but these dogs had atopic dermatitis, they had food allergy. And in fact, remember we talked earlier about the undetermined allergy, I don't know allergy, there were 45 <laughs> dogs. Yeah, they actually had 45 dogs in that study that fell into that bucket. And they found that their success rate with Cytopoint across all of the allergies was about 87%. That's unbelievable. 87% of dogs were treatment successes. And they actually looked at that undetermined group, right? The ones where I don't know what's causing it. They were an 82% success rate, not significantly different to the overall result. And so that really, you know, when you think about it, that speaks to the label claim of now for allergic dermatitis as well. 
That is, I mean, that's pretty amazing. So can you kind of give me an idea of what kind of success? So you say they were successful, but I mean, are we expecting these dogs to not itch anymore? Are, are we looking for things that can kind of cause inflammatory reactions beyond the medications? How does that look in exactly causing that reduction? Sure. So what was treatment success? I, I can tell you that um, in those dogs, in that study, 135 dogs, it was about 77% that had at least a 50% reduction in their itch. That gives you some idea, okay? Um, because treatment success gets to find a whole bunch of ways. As a clinician, when I was in practice, you know, it was meaningful to me if I could say to someone, we're going to reduce your dog's itch by at least 50%. And the majority of these dogs, that's the case. And I think that's that anybody would look at that as saying that's pretty significant, very noticeable, and for most people would be satisfactory. But, you know, you raise make a really good point. Be careful about sort of implying that, oh, this is the end of it. Your dog from tomorrow is going to have zero itch. That might be the case. We all see those successes. But it's a significant reduction that the dog's going to be far more comfortable. That's kind of the bar you want to set. Well, a couple of quick questions just to follow up on what Cindy and Becky have said, Dr. Hillier. Number one, like, why did you guys, why did Zoetis choose to expand the label in this direction? And how does this really impact us in general practice? Yeah, you know, Ernie, it comes from this. Um, I think we develop products where we see a need. Okay, what, what does the market need? Where are there gaps? What, what frustrates veterinarians? And allergy being, hey, the itch being the number one reason the dogs are presented to veterinarians. We know that. Sure, we had a terrific product in Apicor, but there were still challenges, right? Cytopoint was just for dogs with atopic dermatitis. So wh what did you do with the dog that came in and you wanted to stop the itch? That's your priority. But um, I think Becky or, or Cindy maybe mentioned about the young, uh, Cindy, it was you, this is young St. Bernard, right? Right. Under 12 months yep. of age. Okay, I can't use Apical. It's off-label. Right. I'm not allowed to use that. Hey, now we have something. I don't have to resort to steroids. You know, what about the, the owner who says, you know, sure, I can give tablets, but by day four, it's I'm chasing the dog around the house, and we, we're crawling under the bed, and I, it's no fun. I hate it. Hey, I've got an option for you. Or the owner says, sure, I can give tablets, but, you know, I've got a busy life, and I, I honestly, I just don't remember. I forget. I just can't do it. Don't worry, there's an option here. I'm going to give an injection that lasts for four to eight weeks. So, you know, to the original question is, this provides additional options. It allows veterinarians to consider, what is it about this owner's lifestyle or about this dog and its characteristics that allows me to choose one, a daily tablet, or maybe this is where an injection that's going to have that effect for a number of weeks is maybe preferable. So you customize and tailor treatment to the individual owner. It's just additional options, right? Right. And, and I know that certainly uh, people that follow me on social media, off-label vet and all that, uh, I've pushed hard in this direction. If you're looking at where personalized medicine is coming from and heading toward, uh, it's this type of monoclonal antibody type of, of treatment. Uh, I would say, Dr. Hillier, you know there's a couple of other uh, monoclonal antibody treatments that are working their way through approval process. So I think this clearly validates that this is the, the way that the medical uh, profession and industry is, is headed for sure. Uh, anything else on the horizon maybe that you can 
tease us a little bit with? Like, what can we expect uh, from Zoetis over the next couple of years, maybe? You know, oh, you Ernie, you're killing here? me here. You know that's... <laughs> hey, that's um... bad, too, because I know you have some things coming you probably can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's you worth know, a it, shot. It is worth a shot. I'm going to leave you with this. That, that I, I mentioned we have over 10 years of research specifically in allergy. It's not confined just to research in dogs. We continue to focus on dogs. We don't believe that we yet have provided everything that veterinarians need for dog allergy, okay? So there's additional opportunities. Despite the success of Apical and Cytopoint, there, there are occasionally, not too many, but there are occasionally some patients that they don't work, okay? There's still opportunities. And then beyond that, you know, um, you, you see cats, I'm pretty sure, and you know the cats are a, <laughs> Right, a major challenge. What are the options? Steroids, steroids, right. and right. and cyclosporin. And then there, there's some veterinarians who still see things like horses. You know, if you think there's a challenge, it's in horse allergy. So we have a program that continues to do research, and you know, it's not just for fun and games and great science. It's hopefully at the end of the day, we have products that um, are going to make a difference in the lives of pets, of animals, and a difference in the lives of the owners and for veterinarians. Therefore. Yeah, and one of the things I'm I've been continuously happy about is that these products obviously have revolutionized the way that we uh, diagnose and treat allergic and atopic disease. Um, and as a derm nerd myself, and I love helping patients with skin issues, there's there's nothing more satisfying to me than taking an itchy pet and improving the quality of their life and the life of their owner. Um, you guys make sure to emphasize when we've talked with Dr. Liska and, and with you that. that you know, this is not a replacement for immunotherapy. You still want to go and get your diagnostics. You still want to talk about long-term treatment when those are things that are feasible for the client so that we can help give this pet as comfortable a life as possible and, and you know, decrease that that long-term impact. So I'm, I'm just very grateful for you guys that you continue to emphasize that. I, I couldn't agree more. And whilst obviously, you know, we have Apical and Cytopoint and they do a terrific job, but you know, I've treated enough dogs in my career with allergen immunotherapy, and I know that there are many dogs where that makes a huge difference. And so when we make the diagnosis of atopic dermatitis specifically, and we present in options to an owner, I think you do it real high level, Cindy, and you say, you know, we, we can continue with a daily tablet like Apoquil. There's an injection like Cytopoints provides relief for four to eight weeks. And we can also th consider desensitizing your dog with allergen immunotherapy, for which we'll need to do an allergy test. And then we have drops and we have shots to try and actually desensitize the immune system. That's just a high level, and, and I, I, that's how I would present it to the owner and say, how do you feel about those options? And for those who are interested in, in immunotherapy or desensitization, they're going to let you know, and there's a place for it. You're, you're dead right. Well, and I have one final question that's a little bit of a personal nature as well, but you know, with the expanded Cytopoint label, uh, what about the dosing differences between treating atopic dermatitis and allergic dermatitis? Any advice there? Yeah, Ernie, that's great. As we, I know we've got to finish up soon here, but I wanted to let everybody know, and I'm really glad you asked. Essentially, the label is exactly the same, except for the indication. It now includes allergic dermatitis. There's a little paragraph on our study which allowed us to get the claim, but otherwise nothing changes. The dose is the same, minimum two mg per kg administered subcutaneously. There are no warnings. There are no contraindications in the label. 
there's a list of six or seven precautions and that's all about keeping it refrigerated and it's a single use file and there's no preservative and, and all the things that we're used to, nothing's changed there. So yeah, the label, apart from the indication, hasn't changed at all. Fabulous. And as a bonus, of course, now that you have that allergic dermatitis label on Cytopoint, um, we already knew that it's not impacting our, our diagnostics for atopic dermatitis. So while you're hoping to change those um, undifferentiated allergies into a differentiated allergy, it's nice to be able to have both of those tools to use as you're, you're going down that path. Yeah. When it comes to change, there's been no company that has done more to change how we view dermatitis and our patients than Zoeda. So again, Dr. Andrew Hillier, thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of your wisdom and expertise and experience with our listeners today. Oh, thank you all. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Well, you've heard what we have to say. Now we want to hear from you. What do you think about some of these newer treatment options? And are you having the same success that Cindy and I are having? We want to hear from you. I bet you probably have some before and after pictures you might be willing to share with us on Instagram. And you can find us there at Veterinary Viewfinder or ask us your questions or leave your thoughts on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder. And um, we would also greatly appreciate if you took a little bit of time to leave us a review on iTunes if you're enjoying the podcast. It helps other podcast addicts find us and helps make sure we can continue to spread the good news and share great information. And while you're there, don't forget to click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of the Veterinary Viewfinder. This podcast is sponsored by Zoetis, makers of treatments including Apical, Cytopoint, Convenia, and Semperica. Zoetis is dedicated to changing the way we approach canine puritis to protect the bonds that matter most. If you want to find out more, go to a really cool website called scienceofstrongerbonds.com. Apical important safety information. Do not use Apical in dogs less than 12 months of age like Cindy, or those with serious infections. Apical may increase the chances of developing serious infections and may cause existing parasitic skin infestations or pre-existing cancers to get worse. Apical has not been tested in dogs receiving some medications, including some commonly used to treat skin conditions, such as corticosteroids and cyclosporin. Do not use in breeding pregnant or lactating dogs. Most common side effects are vomiting and diarrhea, Apical has been used safely with many common medications, including parasiticides, antibiotics, and vaccines. For more information, please see the full prescribing information at www.apicaldogs.com. Thank you, Zoetis, for being a friend of the Veterinary Viewfinder. Until next time, bye. 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 Tot since, tot later. That means goodbye till, till later. He's the best. And if you haven't seen him lecture, just just do that because he is uh, phenomenal. Hey, you've heard my story now, man. <laughs> no, I've got more I can tell.